boys, howdy. You're listening to the JRB Nerdcast on the JRB Studios Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by The Rogue's Den. The Rogue's Den, games for all gamers. Check them out at 2122 Highway 7 North in Harrison, Arkansas, or on Facebook at The Rogue's Den. Now, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode of The Nerdcast. All right, well, howdy, everybody. We are back. Uh, Another episode of the Nerdcast. It's been a little while since we've done a Nerdcast episode. Um, And today is, um, I feel like we have to do a Nerdcast episode after this weekend because D23 happened. uh, So there's tons of Star Wars news. And that's the main nerd thing that we talk about at the Nerdcast is Star Wars. So that's what we're going to talk about today. There's obviously stuff with Spider-Man going on. There's um, all the Marvel stuff, all of the uh, shows that they're going to do on Disney Plus. But we're going to talk about Star Wars, and specifically, we're going to talk about two TV shows that are coming to Disney Plus. Uh, we're going to look at the Mandalorian trailer, and we're going to talk about Kenobi. And I thought, who better to talk about Kenobi with than the one person in the whole world that might like Obi Wan more than me? Uh, and that is Matt. So, Matt, what's going on? Not much, man. I uh, I do feel like I'm probably the only person who likes Obi Wan more than you. Uh, he's been my guy since I was a little kid. So yeah, I um, I remember. So, so excited. I remember when we were little, we would lightsaber duel all the time. We'd like reenact Duel of the Fates, and uh, you would always be Obi Wan and make me be Darth Maul. Always, so you could kill me, but it's fine. Um, always. But, uh, but we're not talking about that. We are going to um, talk about The Mandalorian briefly because they released a trailer. Um, and then we're going to talk about three things that we want to see in Kenobi. Now, this is not like a list of things that we think will happen. I mean, I guess it could be. Um, but this is specifically for me, things that I want to see in this Kenobi series. So um, one of them may be a little far-fetched. That's fine because it's what I want to see. It's not what I think is going to happen. So, um, but before we get to Obi Wan, let's talk about the Mandalorian, man, because that show is going to be insane, right? Like it has to be. Yeah, it looks really good. Um, we were chatting a little bit before we started recording, and I didn't give away any of my thoughts, um, but it does look really good. It, I think, it's going to continue to show us a side of. Star Wars that we've just seen glimpses of, starting with the anthology uh, films, you know, like Rogue One, Solo, and and whatnot. Um, Even like the show Rebels, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we're we're starting to see the side of Star Wars that's dirty, that's not so polished, it's not so romantic, it's more realistic in some ways. Um, And I just think Mandalorian is going to take that to another level because... I mean, it's all about a bounty hunter. Like it's mm-hmm. the, you know, uh, the first thing I think of when I see the title Mandalorian, right? So the trailer, um, I think of that scene in Empire when all the bounty hunters are lined up around, you know, on on the uh, on the ship. <laughs> I just yeah. blanked on the name. Um, yeah, but they're all the name of it. But... You just you just have this sense that like they're all scum, right? They're all just bad, mean guys who you wouldn't want to meet in a cantina. 
And so I just think that's how this whole series is going to be, you know. I completely agree. Um, I think now, obviously, this is not going to be like a trailer breakdown because there's not. I mean, we talked about it a little bit before. There's not a ton to actually, quote unquote, break down in a trailer like this because we don't know what's going to happen. Like we don't. They're all new characters. Uh, it's in a timeline we know, so we know context a little bit, but we don't really know the story at all. We know it's about a bounty hunter. We know he's looking for somebody, yeah. and we know. You know, Taco Batiti is voicing a droid, which is awesome. But, uh, I mean, we really don't know anything. We just know that it's going to be good because it's it's John Favreau. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. didn't he direct like three of the Iron Man movies or two of the Iron Man movies? I think so. I'd have to go back and actually look at that to make sure, but I think so. And, you know, maybe as far as Marvel goes, I'll just say this. We won't get into it. until the whole, until they reintroduced Spider-Man, who's been my favorite superhero since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Iron Man was my guy. Like that, his whole story arc was my favorite. So the fact that John Favreau was even involved in Iron Man and now is in charge of this, for me is like, it's already started on the wrong or the right foot. Um, it, it's, I know it's going to be good because I know his work in the past has been really good. Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome and. Um, I'm I'm excited for that like gunslinger type show because like I mean yeah. we really we don't get any characters like that in Star Wars outside of like Han and Django in the prequels. Uh, you get that kind of mentality, but Django's screen time is limited because obviously he's not a you know pivotal character. I mean he's he's the host of the clones, but yeah. uh, there's not room for him in the story, right? So uh, right. and then. With Han in the uh, solo story, it's more of his journey as a pilot than as a like gunslinger yeah. scoundrel, uh, which is awesome. It's great, um, but I'm really looking forward when when they first uh, announced the Mandalorian and that it was going to be called the Mandalorian. I I immediately thought, oh, well, it's, a, it's a movie about Boba Fett. Like, yeah, I did. It's got to be about Boba thing. Fett. Like. Like you can't you can't call it the Mandalorian and it not be about Bubba Fett. But I, I'm always reminded of that episode of Clone Wars where Obi Wan goes to Mandalore and talks about encountering Django, and the guy's like that uh, that scum it's is not, not a Mandalorian. A Mandalorian yeah. And I'm like, well, wait a second. <laughs> so maybe right. it's not about Bubba Fett, uh, and it turns out it's not. You know, which is fine yeah. because uh, it gives us room to expand the universe of Star Wars, which is awesome. And and I love I love world building, and so I think world building yeah. in Star Wars and expanding what's already awesome into more things is going to be really cool. Um, what was your favorite shot of the trailer? I don't know, really. I, I think probably my favorite shot was I, I assume it's IG-88 bounty hunting droid uh, maybe it's not maybe it's another one um, but the bounty hunting droid who's like he's spinning and shooting in both directions because I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that's the droid that can be voiced um, by by Taka Watiti right who yeah. I'm not going to lie was my favorite character of Thor Ragnarok <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, by far, like even more than Thor, more than Hulk, 
more than Loki or it's like I wanted more of Korg. Uh, because every one of his lines was just golden <laughs> and hilarious. Not one of his lines was like, "All right, that's fine." I laughed like hysterically at everything he said, and so I know that's going to be similar in this situation and um, and in this series. But that shot was—I thought it was pretty cool because, like, it's clearly like some sort of cantina brawl or street shootout, and this droid is just like spinning around, firing away. Um, and I was like, that it's going to be cool because we've seen that in the animated series with, it may mm-hmm. have been IG-88. Um, we've seen that in Clone Wars and maybe he appeared in Rebels or something like that. But in live action, we've not seen mm-hmm. like a bounty hunting droid in action like that. So I think that was kind of cool for me. Yeah, that There's was really there awesome. There are lots of other cool scenes too, but... I don't, um, I'm not 100% certain on this. I'll look it up in a second, but I don't think it's IG-88. I think it's it's an IG droid for sure, but I'm not sure. Let's just right. look up uh, IG droid in Mandalorian. Let's just fact check real quick. Uh, IG-11 is Takawatiti's okay. droid. So it's the same style as IG-88, but a different droid, which... Right. It's cool. It makes sense because of the timeline. IG-88 yeah. was Clone Wars, you know, so that makes sense. I mean, to be fair, he's a droid, though, so it could have yeah, easily... Yeah, it could live for as long as you want. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a cool shot. I love the uh, he's got, like, one blaster in front of him and the other one behind his back shooting somebody. It's that, like, that that scene is what I'm... Like, oh, yes, this is going to be like an old Western, like a Clint Eastwood exactly. in Star yeah, Wars. <laughs> like, yeah, of like shootouts in the street of like, you know, there's only so room cool. in this town. There's room in this town for the two of us or whatever. Like, it just feels like it's going to have that kind of feel to it. It's going to be really good. Uh, I think my favorite shot from the trailer was uh well, there's two of them that really stand out one of them is that like first shot that you get of the clone trooper helmets on the spikes um yeah that was that, cool. that was a cool shot uh yeah i not not even like cinematically cool i mean it was fine uh it wasn't like groundbreaking cinematically but it was just a cool like little is an interesting detail because it's like oh man the empire's really gone <laughs> you know um which well, is cool cool to think about like a- yeah, it shows like what I was saying about, you know, this is the other side of Star Wars. This isn't the clean, polished little burn, you know, on the stormtrooper armor when they die. This is like the head on a spit outside yeah. the city gate Star Wars. Like this is, you know, this is the real down and dirty um, Star Wars. And I, I, I agree with you. That shot as the opener. Now, if that yeah. has just if that scene is just part of the rest of the trailer, maybe it's not so impactful, but it's like fade from black. I think into that scene, you're just like, here we go. Here we go. And it sets the stage for what type of show it's going to be. Yeah. It's so cool. Cause you fade in and you get the, like the clone or the stormtrooper helmets, like kind of half buried. And then it pans up and you see some on spikes and it's like, Oh man, like this is real. Um, 
I don't know if there's any truth to this. Uh, I'd have to fact check it, and I haven't done it yet because I'm a lazy podcaster. But um, I heard that uh, when John Favreau and Dave Filoni were working on this, that George Lucas was like, "Hey guys, we're still trying to make a show for like twelve year olds," <laughs> like, <laughs> because no, because it was not. so <laughs> because it was so dark. Like the things that they had added into it was like such the opposite end of what we've seen in Star Wars. That somebody was like, yeah. "Hey, we're." Like it's still Star Wars. Like it's still supposed to be geared towards like, like teenagers and kids. Right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And and uh, John Favreau was like, "Oh, I need to change some things." Then, <laughs> yeah. which again, well, don't know if there's any truth to that. I'd have to fact check yeah. it, but it's right. funny to think about. Well, I think I said this in a podcast we did like maybe last year, um, when we were talking about Episode Nine. I, I said something like, this isn't your dad's Star Wars. Like, Star <laughs> yeah. Wars has changed. And not just the episodes. Like, Star Wars has changed. Um, and this is just another... This is just more evidence of that. Like, this is... In my opinion, it's a more creative Star Wars. Because it's... Like I said, it's more... It shows more realism than, like... You know, there's that meme... That says, like, you know, uh, Rogue One was the first time we actually saw that Star Wars was about a war. Yeah. You know? And then it's that Will Smith meme of, like, uh, it's called Star Wars, and then there's war, <laughs> war, war everywhere. But you don't get that sense from yeah, watching like... movies. It's very polished. It's very clean. It's very, you know, there's a lot of humor. There's just not, there's not a lot of realism until mm-hmm. Rogue One. So I understand what they're saying there, like that shows the like, you know, the bombs going off and people getting shot and, you know, it's very saving private Ryan meets star Wars. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think that, you know, those types of shows and movies that show that side of what this war is doing to the galaxy is in a lot of ways more realistic, like I said, but it, it shows more creativity than just let's make a, a good movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think um, really like the first time that you get the sense of like all out war in Star Wars um, is Episode Two, and I say first time like if if you watch them in order, then it's pretty early on. But if you watch them in release order, how you how most people are introduced to Star Wars, then it's like you're what five movies in before you get real war in Star Wars. Um, yeah. and that final third of like, episode two is like, it's a good, that's right. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because like even in episode five, uh, all of the original trilogy, you never really get the fact that it's, it's a galactic wide or a galaxy wide war because mm-hmm. it's so much about developing the stories of the characters you're engrossed in Luke's story or Han and Leia's uh, story or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, or Darth Vader's story. And you're not really exposed to or thinking about, wait a minute, like there's thousands of planets in this galaxy and they're all at war right now. Like there are millions of people dying probably every day because of this ongoing battle. Mm-hmm. You just don't get that sense. Even at the Battle of Hoth, it's like 
it's like a microcosm. You get it in a little bit, but yeah. it's like you're still focused in on Luke so much of that battle that it's like you don't really see the reality mm-hmm. of the battle, which is interesting. Yeah, I think um, Rogue One did a great job of that, and I'm I'm hoping. Yeah. And after seeing the footage, I, I have no doubt that the Mandalorian is going to show us that side of Star Wars, which is awesome. But uh, yeah. but uh, we've talked about the Mandalorian for like 15 minutes now, so yeah. um, let's let's get to Kenobi. Um, yes. And basically, uh, if this episode goes a little longer than 30. 30, 40 minutes, and that's fine, uh, because I want to talk about Kenobi, because it's, it's about, freaking Obi-Wan Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan, so yeah. So, um, so like I said at the top of the show, basically what we're doing is we have each come up with a list of three items uh, that we, well, I won't say items, maybe three um, things that we want to see in the Obi-Wan series. Now, these are, again, not things that we think will happen, but things that we hope will happen. Um, So take it with a grain of salt. I actually have five items, which is typical for me when I do a top three. So it's fine. Um, But we'll we'll go ahead and go through our top three. Let's just go backwards, like three, two, one, and then I'll give my my other two after that. So you want to go ahead and give your number three? Yeah, so um, I, I'm a huge fan of the Kenobi novel. I know it's not canon, or at least last time I saw the list or looked at the list, it, I don't think it was. But like you said at the top of the, the podcast, Obi-Wan's been my favorite Jedi. I go back and forth between him and Ahsoka being my favorite character, period. Like Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. since I was little, like this isn't like since you and McGregor took over and in the you know in the the prequels um since like i was little obi-wan has always been my favorite so i've loved everything obi-wan canon and non um and so my third favorite or my third thing that i that i hope happens in this series is um i is related to the novel that's why i said that's why i bring that up um in the novel there is not a ton of detail, but it tells a little bit about Obi-Wan in his just day-to-day responsibility in watching over Luke and how that actually causes some friction between Obi-Wan and his family and Luke's family. Um, and there's not, it doesn't go into a lot of that detail, but Obi-Wan actually does feel in some sense like cast out and not welcome. And so he's struggling, at least a little bit in the novel, he's struggling with feeling this duty to watch over Luke and protect him from the Empire. But this this feeling of being shut out by his family and not welcome to watch over him. And so that's kind of like, if it's not there, I'm not concerned, I'm not like upset about it. But I just would like to see his kind of, um, how he handles that situation of watching over Luke and just, just practically day to day, like, you know, him just making sure that Luke is okay. Um, as he's growing up, I want to see how that plays out. That'd be cool. Um, I know, I don't know, again, like I said, I don't know Canon or otherwise, but I know that there's 
I've heard people talk about the like broken relationship between um, Owen and Obi. And so it, it'd be cool to right. see something like that, like some tension there um, yeah. and maybe give you an opportunity to, you know, it, it comes, I think it's five years after Revenge of the Sith. That could be wrong, but I'll have to double check. Um, but that would give you an opportunity to maybe <laughs> cast like a, a really young Luke uh, and maybe yeah. see like a really young Luke that maybe wouldn't remember meeting Obi. Well, I mean, he calls him old Ben, so he's probably met him before. He's like, you know, when R2 mentions Obi-Wan, he's like, oh, I wonder if he means old Ben Kenobi. So it's like, well, he's met him before. So yeah. um, that would be neat. That'd be really cool. So my number three, uh, you kind of mentioned in your answer. Uh, my number three is I want to see Ahsoka Tano. Uh, mm. I want to see a live action Ahsoka Tano. Um, and the reason for this is because uh, I had a long conversation with Nick at lunch today. And uh, I have not finished the Ahsoka novel. I own it. I've started it. I'm like three chapters in. Um, but apparently in the Ahsoka novel, she meets Bail Organa towards the end of it. And shows Bail Organa her like white blade lightsabers, and he says something to her along the lines of, "I have someone that you need to speak with," and then that's the last of it. And so it's safe to assume now that Obi Wan has been announced that like, hey, maybe Bail Organa was talking about Obi Wan Kenobi, and maybe yeah. we could get an Obi Wan and Ahsoka reunion uh, in some form or fashion. I think that would be really cool. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be really cool. Uh, I don't know how you would do it, like, story-wise, uh, like, plot hook-wise. I don't know how you would fit it in. But I think it would just be really cool to have um, Ahsoka even maybe have, like, Ashley Eckstein bring the character to live action or, you know, recast. I don't know. or um, But I think it would be really awesome to have Ahsoka in live action and, and see her and Obi-Wan interact and maybe do some training together. Because, I mean, the next time that yeah. – when the next time that you see Ahsoka fighting with her lightsabers is against Vader, and she like she bests him and busts yeah. his mask open. Like mm-hmm. she couldn't have done that the last time you she's see her with training. her lightsabers. Yeah, like yeah, she, she's been training. So sure. I think I think there's definitely an opportunity for her to 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 hit up old Ben, um, maybe do a little bit of training, maybe go on a side quest together. Who knows? I think it'd be cool. No. Well, with it being a show and not a movie, the, the possibility is there for three to four episodes, or one to two episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, depending on. I, I don't know if it was announced or whether it's a half hour or hour long show, but regardless, one to two, three episodes. Um, with that, I, I think, yeah, I think it would be really cool. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a way that, you know. It's just gonna please all Star Wars fans, period. Oh, no matter. Oh, yeah. What your debates on all the little things there are to debate in Star Wars, if Obi Wan and Ahsoka have an emotional reunion, um, it, it's everyone's gonna cheer. Mm-hmm. That's just the bottom line. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd like to see that too. That'd be really cool. The only, the only concern that I would have would and. Again, I don't know for for sure any of this information, but if she meets up with Obi-Wan, does Obi-Wan know 
that Darth Vader, well, I mean, obviously he does because he's, he tells Luke about him. Like he, he tells Luke that Darth Vader hunted down and destroyed his father. So he knows that Vader's still alive. Would he tell Ahsoka that Vader is Anakin? I don't think he would. Um, and not just because in Rebels she doesn't know. She like yeah, I mean they can't out, you know they can't retcon it. So <laughs> right, I don't think it's just for that reason. I honestly think that because of Obi Wan's character, I don't think because he's been through so much himself and he knows mm-hmm. the burden of all of that. I don't think he would put that on Ahsoka. I think he would protect her by not telling. her. Because I feel, I just think that's who that's how Obi Wan is, that's how he is with Luke. He protects yeah. Luke from the truth, and yeah. not in a vengeful or to a spiteful way, but just to protect him. And I think he would do the same with Ahsoka, given the chance. I can see that. Makes sense. All right, what's your uh, what's your number two? Yep. So my number two is I want to see his uh, training with Qui Gon. Simply put, is training with Qui Gon. I'll go ahead that. and say my number two then, because my number two is Qui Gon Jinn slash Liam Neeson. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and whether they bring him back or whether he just does voiceover, do it however you want. I want. I liked Episode One a lot because yes, I love Obi Wan Kenobi far more than almost any other character. But Qui-Gon is up there, probably right underneath Obi-Wan as, like, top favorite Jedi. Um, and I say that because Ahsoka... Because Ahsoka's not a Jedi. <laughs> yes. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think bringing him back um, as a Force ghost, or even just as a voice, because, you know, there's all that debate in the Clone Wars, like, well, does he, can he really come back or is he just the voice you know Mm. or whatever so however you do it um liam neeson's voice at least needs Mm. to be in this series Um, because that's a huge part of the novel too is obi-wan is he's trying desperately to hear from qui-gon and and he talks about that all the time he's like all of the struggles he's going through he's desperately trying to talk to qui-gon and seek his guidance and he's like begging him please master like please i I need your help so i just think that that has to be part of it because in episode four he allows himself to get killed so that he can come back as a force ghost we all know this that has to be an element of it is his training with qui-gon to do that especially because of what yoda says at the end of episode three yeah it just has to be now the only way that I could see them like not doing it is like if uh, excuse me uh, coffee burp whoops um, the only way I can see them not doing it is if they're like oh well he did his training with Qui Gon later in the timeline before A New Hope which which I get it like right. that's fine but you have a golden opportunity here to like Absolutely. like I told I told Nick earlier and I'm kind of stealing this from. Uh, Collider videos, uh, rule of two. They talk about how Star Wars is like McDonald's and the Force is the Big Mac. And so it's like if you're getting, if you're going to McDonald's, like if you're going to watch Obi Wan and it's Star Wars, so you're going to McDonald's. If they don't have the Big Mac, then you're like, what the heck's going on? 
right? Exactly. And so not having Qui-Gon would be like not having a Big Mac. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, right. Like not having Qui-Gon in it is a huge missed opportunity. Absolutely. It's a huge mistake, in my opinion, if you don't do it. And it, like I said, I don't even think it has to be full-blown Liam Neeson as a Force ghost live acting. Like, I don't even think it it has to be that way. Like, I'm not that firm on it. Like I said, even if it's just his voice in the Force that's communicating and training and comforting Obi-Wan, um, I think it's a mistake if Liam Neeson isn't in this because I also think that it's taken Liam Neeson so long to do that training and to become one with the force that you almost have to say, you almost can't say Obi-Wan did it later. And that's why we didn't do this. Like, no, this is a training that took decades because Qui-Gon died in episode one. It's not till the end of episode three or really like the end of the clone wars, but you know, essentially episode three that Yoda has contact with him. Mm-hmm. That's decades. You know, that's almost 20 years. It's a long time. It's taken yeah. him to do this. Um, so it just, I, I think it's a mistake if Qui-Gon Jinn is not involved somehow in this series. I agree. I completely agree. Well, that, uh, that wraps up our number twos. So yeah. uh, do you want to go ahead and do my two honorable mentions before we do our number ones or after? Uh, yeah, go ahead and do them real quick. Okay, so just real quick, I'll blow through them. Um, me and Nick had a conversation at lunch today, obviously, about this. He was going to be on with us, but uh, he's got a broken collarbone right now, and so he took some medicine that knocked him out, so that's why he's not here. But um, me and Nick were talking about this at lunch today, and uh, I think it would be really, really dope if we see some sort of quest that Obi-Wan goes on to find other surviving Jedi. And in that quest, yeah. somehow encounters Darth Maul. Now, obviously, yeah. you see in Rebels the end of Darth Maul and Kenobi and their arcs kind of finished there. Uh, but you can still spin it in a way that's like like Obi-Wan encounters Maul somewhere and Crimson Dawn, because now we know that from Solo, um, encounters Maul somewhere and then escapes and then that leads Maul to finding Ezra and the Sith holocron that leads him to Tatooine to find Obi-Wan again. And so you don't have to do something that butts up with rebels in that timeline. You can do something different and still have Maul in it. So I think it'd be cool to see Obi-Wan go on a quest to maybe seek out some other surviving Jedi and maybe encounter Crimson Dawn. I think it'd be cool. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. And then There's really like I, a lot of possibilities because, like I said, it's a TV show. Oh yeah, it's not a movie, and so you open up a lot of possibilities with small storylines instead of, well, we have to have one big storyline because it's just a two-hour movie. It's like, mm-hmm. you no, know, this could be, it could be five seasons, yeah, you know, or more potentially if it's a big hit. So the, the possibilities really. Well, they're not endless because of the timeline restraints and other things that have been revealed and not. But in a sense, the, the possibilities are endless for different stories. Right. So. right. 
And then my next one is uh, now again, this is what I what I would like to see, not what I think we're going to see. The mall thing, I think we could see, to be honest. Uh, but this yeah. one, this one, I don't think we will see it. But I would like to is maybe some sort of love story because we know that Obi Wan has had a love story with Satine before. So maybe right. he, you know, goes to Mandalore and has that closure, and then moves on. You know, I, I don't know how losing a loved one like that works because thankfully, bless, like the Lord has blessed me and my wife is still here. So I don't know how that feels. I don't know how that feels to move on. But seeing Obi Wan move on from that and having some sort of love interest, I think would be, it'd be kind of cool to see him like not really staying strict to the Jedi code. In a sense, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think that's an interesting point. I, I think this one is a little bit less likely, just because, just because of Obi Wan's like, just in his character, innately in his character, he has a such a strong sense of duty that I, I think his his protection of Luke keeps him and this you see this in the novel a little bit his duty to protect Luke is so strong and profound in him that it keeps him from doing things like it, it literally keeps him from doing things that he wants to do um, at least in the novel mm-hmm. but that lines up with Obi-Wan's character through right. everything that we've ever seen he has such a profound sense of duty and calling um, that he fully commits to it regardless of what whatever the consequences are um, and, and part of that's just a Jedi thing but a right. lot of it is just it's just Obi-Wan's character and so so that's all that to say I, I think that one is less likely but I do think that that would be an interesting plot line um, yeah I think because it, it would be interesting because there's a sense in which Obi-Wan probably understands that the Jedi in large scale, in mass, uh, are done. And Luke is the hope of the galaxy now, right? That's why it's called a new hope. Um, so maybe there is like that, okay, I can kind of, in a sense, give up my Jedi ideals because they're there are no Jedi anymore uh, right. in, in a large scale. You know, I, I still, you know, it, he even says that in episode four when he's talking about Luke, he says, I was a Jedi Knight just like your father. So mm-hmm. he, has, he has this sense of like that's in the past. So the, like I said, the, the potential is there and its possibility is, is endless really. But I do think that one's less likely just because of Obi-Wan's character and his background. Yeah, I can see it. And again, like I said, it's like it's not one that I'm like, if that's not in the show, I'm not I'm boycotting like, well, first of all, I never do that. I would never do that anyway, because it's Star Wars, man. Like, come on. Um, But that's obviously one that is a little bit out there. Now, my next one is really out there just due to the timelines. But uh, that one's a little bit out there. And it's like, it'd be cool to see if it's not there. Big deal. Um, If it's not there, I understand. If it is there, I understand. It's cool. You know, whatever. Um, so that being said, what is your number uno? 
my number one thing, and I think this is probably a given. It's not that outlandish or something. I'm like, oh, I really hope that this happens. I really do think this is going to be a major part of the show, but it's what I want to see most. And it's Obi-Wan's struggle, his emotional struggle um, with the events of episode three. And just, I, I want to see how that changes him. And, and I honestly, like I said, I think that's going to be a huge part of the show is, you know, because he never fully recovers from it. He's gone through so much tragedy from the first time we see him in episode one until these events that are going to take place after episode three. He's, he's gone through just so much that I really think that this time spent alone on Tatooine it just weighs on him and that all that stuff just kind of, he just has to sit and think about it. Um, so I want to see his emotional struggle and how he handles all of that. Because when we get to episode four, he doesn't seem like a broken old man who has given up on life and is down in the dumps where he's the alcoholic at the cantina. He's not that person. He is still that guy who's like the past is the past, but there's still a purpose and Luke, you're the purpose, you know, like he mm -hmm. still has a sense of duty and purpose. And so I just want to see how he goes from all this tragedy in his life to, you know, to episode four where he's still fighting on and still has hope for the galaxy. I, I just, I want to see his emotional struggle. I agree. I think it's a lost opportunity if you don't do something like that. I also think something like that could tie into the Qui-Gon thing. Uh, whereas, yeah. like, Qui-Gon kind of comes back and was like, look, man, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Anakin's not the chosen one. Luke is the chosen one. Uh, or maybe Qui-Gon doesn't admit that. Maybe Obi-Wan just infers that because you see him in that conversation with Maul and Rebels. He's like, is the yeah, boy yeah. the chosen one? Like, yeah, it's yeah. Luke. Like, Luke's the chosen one. And... Yes. And so, I mean, maybe that's part of it where he gets that closure with Qui-Gon of like, you did the best you could and it's not your fault. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I definitely think that that's important, though, because when, like you said, when you the next time you see him in, uh, well, really in Rebels would be the next time you see him canonically. Uh, he's even then when he faces Maul, he's like, he's very peaceful and very compassionate yeah. in that he's moment with Maul. Up. No, yeah. and he's he's still optimistic, which is like insane to Ow. think after everything Ow. that this dude has been through that he's still optimistic. Yeah. It's just master, crazy. The love of your life, all of your Jedi friends, your, your Padawan, best friend. your brother. Like, yeah, how, like, man? How do you keep what? going? What? You think <laughs> it's... I think it's the most incredible story in Star Wars. I really do. And like I said, I'm biased because Obi-Wan is my favorite, has always been my favorite. But I just think if you look at the story of Obi-Wan, episode one to episode six, gosh, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, it's it's something else, man. Like it it's wild, really, because 
like you just kind of briefly went through like all of the things that he's had to go through all of the losses that he's had to go through is like man that that sucks bro <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's it's just it's not it's not ideal for anyone honestly and the way that he keeps it up is is unreal i don't understand yeah so i think i think that would be really really cool um but my number 1 is very far-fetched, not as realistic as yours. My number one is uh, – I don't know how I want to say this. Do I want to just say Han Solo or do I want to say Alden Ehrenreich? Because let's be real. I, I don't really care if he plays Han Solo. I just want Alden Ehrenreich in this series somehow. Uh I mean, yeah, obviously, we talked be, about that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he'd be playing Han Solo if he came back, just because that's what he's already been cast as. So you can't just like recast him as something else. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I was um, me and Nick were looking at the um, the timeline photo that they released at D twenty three that they had it up on the screen, and then when you and McGregor came out, they changed the photo and updated it to where. Uh, the Obi Wan film or the Obi Wan series is taking place inside of the three year span of Solo because Solo has a time jump in it. It starts on Corellia and then the three year time jump that he's in the academy, and um, it looked as though like I couldn't tell because I had to zoom in on a picture, so it was not perfect. But it looked as though Obi Wan was going to take place during year one of Solo, which would put Han as a stormtrooper. Or as an imperial soldier, um, yeah. which unfortunately would mean no run-ins in a cantina with Han Solo and Chewbacca. Right. But you never know. I mean, depends on how long right. the show goes. <laughs> you know, like yeah. because yeah. even at the end of Solo, you're still far enough out from A New Hope at the end of Solo that the Obi Wan series very well by the end, yeah. like right now. It's just one tick in that three-year span of Solo. At the end of the series, it could be five or six ticks and overlap the rest of the Solo story. So, um, yeah. depends on how many seasons it goes. That's what I was gonna. Yeah, that's what I was just just thinking. Is who knows? This could be an experiment, and they may just make this like a mini series. That may, may be their plan. This may be like a hey, we're starting this thing, and if it lasts 10 years, it lasts 10 years. Like, <laughs> yeah. We, we yeah. don't know. Like, There's really no information about the details of this show or the project at all. So it, it, it was literally just like Obi-Wan, Ewan McGregor, uh, Obi-Wan on the stage like, hey, am I going to play Star Wars again? Ask them if I'm going to play Star Wars. <laughs> Are you going to – or am I going to play Obi-Wan again? Are you going to play Obi-Wan again? Yes. And yes. that was like the whole thing. And that was it. it. Was like, yeah. <laughs> that was we, have, all. we have no no details really on what they're expecting or wanting out of this project. So like I said, it could be a mini series of a handful of episodes over a year or two. This could be a ten year series. Yeah. That goes all the way up until Ewan McGregor is old enough to look like Sir Alec Guinness and <laughs> lead right into a new hope. It could, it could literally be like we're going to make live action we're going to make live action with Ewan McGregor up to the point that he kills Maul 
because then the rest of his story is told. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they could do it. You know, they could do it. Um, I don't think they will. I think it's probably at most going to be two seasons, but we'll see. You know, if I think it's, it's going to be more limited. Yeah, I, uh, I don't think it's going to be a long running continual series. Um, I, I think it is going to be a shorter project. Um, but like I said, we don't know. And this could be so wildly popular. Disney would be stupid to cancel it. Exactly. You know, at, at some point. So, because I'm not alone in loving Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, He's no. probably the most liked Jedi in Star Wars behind Luke, probably. Yeah. Um, maybe even above Luke. I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I just know that I love him more than anybody else. So, it, who knows? Like, I, like I've said probably too many times in this conversation, the possibilities are almost endless. Yeah. I mean, they honestly, it seems like they're limited when you look at the timeline, but then really me and Nick got to talking about it. And really, it seems like the only thing that you can't do is have an encounter with Maul on Tatooine Mm -hmm. or the, the possibility of having an encounter with Vader is slim. I think it'd be cool. I think it's slim though. I don't think it'll happen. I think it's slim. Because there's nothing in episode four that gives away that Vader thinks Obi-Wan was dead. At least mm-hmm. not that I remember from the dialogue or anything like that. He, oh, I, From what I remember, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a while since I've watched episode four. Um, the only real indicator that Vader gives is... I've, I'm sensing a presence I haven't felt in a long time, or something like to yeah. that effect. And he doesn't so even it just say that he hasn't felt it in a long time. That could be ten years. That could be since Mustafar. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a gray area. Yeah, and that's what me and Nick kind of got into earlier at lunch. Was like the only thing that Vader says is. I'm sensing a presence I haven't felt since. And then his line stops at since. Like, mm. he he says, I'm sensing a presence I haven't felt since. And then he, like, turns and walks away. Almost like he doesn't want to bring it up. So it's like, that kind of makes you seem like, okay, yeah, maybe it is Mustafar. He hasn't felt that presence since Mustafar. And that's why he doesn't want to bring it up. But maybe there was another encounter. And, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think the chances of using Vader are slim just because uh, – and I don't want to say oversaturated because you can't ever oversaturate Vader. Like, he's freaking Darth Vader. Um, right. But I do he feel like – the quintessential villain of Star Wars. You've got other Siths and other villains that are wildly popular, but there is no Star Wars without Darth Vader. Like, that's yeah. just the bottom line. Yeah. The entire original trilogy was Darth Vader's redemption story. Like, if you don't have Darth right. Vader, you don't have Star Wars. And and yeah. so I, I told Nick this earlier, though, with I think it would be really cool to see Darth Vader. The reason, like the main, the number one reason I don't think that it'll happen is because, one, because of the Vader comic that takes place between Revenge and New Hope. Um, there's a lot there. And Vader's doing a lot with the Empire and a lot with, like, Sith, uh, Dark Side, Force, Legends, and stuff like that. So it's like, 
would he really have time to seek out Obi-Wan? And would he even want to at that point? Like, would he even care to seek out Obi-Wan? Uh, which maybe he would. I don't know. After being left to burn alive and surviving it, maybe he'd be like, yeah, I want to kill that dude. You know? Yeah. But who knows? Yeah, I mean... I don't, I don't know. I would think... And this is just conjecture, really, but I would think that there would be some kind of desire in Vader for closure with Obi-Wan. Um... But I agree. I, I think there's so much going on. And you get a little bit of a picture of this in Rebels with his Inquisitors mm-hmm. and hunting Jedi. It's like maybe that's kind of his way of trying to find Obi-Wan. So he doesn't have to do the work. The Inquisitors can do it. And then he just pops in and kills Obi-Wan. But yeah, I, I think that's pretty unlikely for the show. But I agree. I think that would be really cool mm-hmm. to see some sort of encounter that then makes that statement in episode four more weighty in yeah. some sense, because it, I mean, it's already kind of an intense line where he's like since, and then trails off. It's like, you know, at this point you're thinking since Mustafar, since he left mm-hmm. me to die, mm-hmm. you know, you're thinking, Oh man, that's an intense thought that probably stirred up some hatred. Um, but yeah, maybe there's another encounter that just piles on top of that. You know, yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait until was it twenty twenty one? I think it comes out. So this, this we've is what got I, two years. <laughs> this is what I hate. This is what I hate. You know, I I don't even that the poster, the new poster for episode nine. I saw that and I was like, come on, it's not till December. Don't do this to me, because now I'm just thinking about it all day. You know, mm-hmm. and now with Kenobi, I'm like, just do it. Like, come. Just, just release it tomorrow. <laughs> just, I just want to watch it. Like, come on. Like, just um, make the scripts public so that we can all read them, and then you can film them next year exactly. and release the films. <laughs> right. We're still gonna watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even if we know like, exactly what happens, we're still gonna watch it. It's, it's you and McGregor. We're still gonna watch it, Disney. Come on. Just give us the script. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's um. Some good things that we hope to see in Obi-Wan. Obviously, some of them are more likely than others. Um, a la Qui-Gon Jinn um, is probably, I think, I think the reason I didn't put Yoda on this list is because I think Yoda's 100% in this. Like, even if it's just voice, I think Yoda's 100% in this. Um, I think you, so. And, and here's the reason I think so is because of the scene, or maybe it's a couple of scenes, um, but it's all in one episode of Rebels where Ahsoka and Kanan and Ezra go to the temple. Yoda speaks to all three of them. And he, he shows up to Ezra. He right. like has a conversation so, with Ezra like physically. Right. So it's clearly not a case of, well, I don't know that we could do that. They've already done it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also it's like, you almost have to do it because that's really Yoda's role. Yoda's role is checking in on giving advice and wisdom and encouraging struggling Jedi. That's what he did with Ezra and Kanan and Ahsoka in that episode. Mm-hmm. That's what he did with Luke in episode eight. That's what he does. And that's exactly 
what Obi-Wan is going through right now. Mm-hmm. He's a Jedi struggling with his lot in life and every dealing with all of the trauma and tragedy. So you just have to have Yoda like, hey, chin up, Obi-Wan. Like, <laughs> yeah. You still have a purpose. Like there mm-hmm. is still hope. You know, I just think that has to happen. <laughs> yeah. And see, that's that's why he didn't make the list of things that I want for Kenobi, because it's like, yeah, we're going like to get it. You know, <laughs> we're going to get I it. Like uh, I feel the same way about Jimmy Smith's as Bail Organa. I think the reason he didn't make the list is like, because I think I think he, he's maybe not as certain as Yoda, but I think he's going to be in it just because of that line in Rogue I One. Like yeah, the line in Rogue One where um, Bail Organa is talking to Mon Mothma and she's like, he says something about keeping in contact with a Jedi friend or something along those lines. I haven't watched Rogue One in a couple weeks, so I don't yeah, remember. Which until, which until this announcement, I just assumed was Ahsoka uh, mm-hmm. because of Rebels, because they work so closely together in Rebels. I assumed he was just like, he didn't know the technicalities of Ahsoka not really being a Jedi. He just knows... She uses the Force. She has lightsabers. She's a Jedi. So that's right. what I assumed was in that moment he's talking about Fulcrum. Which is oh, so possible. Which possible. Is possible. But, yeah, now given this... It's like, like Maybe he's talking about Old Ben. Maybe he's talking about Obi-Wan. Maybe he's talking about them both. Yeah, could be. We don't, we don't really know. Could be. I mean, with the timeline of Rogue One and him sending Leia to obi-wan i feel like it's more likely that it's obi-wan because i mean leia says help me obi-wan kenobi like obi-wan you served my father in the clone wars it's like so obviously she knows who obi-wan is because bail has been talking either with obi-wan or about obi-wan so i don't know i think i think that line in rogue one he's talking about obi-wan so that would be cool to see jimmy smith's come back as mm-hmm. obi-wan or as as obi-wan ewan mcgregor's obi-wan forever um <laughs> for jimmy <laughs> jimmy smith's come back as bail organa i think it'd be cool yeah. um all right well i think that pretty much wraps up um everything and then a few extras uh, yep. that we weren't planning on talking about, but we did. So there it is. Um, this episode was back to kind of normal length for what Nerdcast normally is. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> we'll, uh, I don't know, sometimes when we get to talking about this kind of stuff, it just happens. Uh, hopefully, yep. the plan is to keep the episodes of all three shows to a maximum of about 35 minutes. But um when you get an Obi Wan confirmation, I can't yeah. I can't promise anything, you know. So especially when I'm part of the conversation. Oh yeah, so. and and no offense to Nick, but if he were here, we'd have been recording for three hours because all oh, three yeah. of us together talking about Obi Wan, you just can't stop it. So, <laughs> um, but uh, but I think that'll pretty much wrap it up here. Um, Matt, uh, you want to plug? your blog real quick yeah so um if you are into golf or even if you're not um you can still read it and support it um i write a weekly blog called the fairway bunker blog it's just fairwaybunkerblog.com um like i said weekly golf tips um, and advice some of it's unorthodox it's all very practical i'm not a super technical player and i wasn't a technical teacher either when I was a pro. 
so it, it's very practical advice to how to play better golf. So yeah, check that out on Facebook and Instagram as well at that same handle, which is Fairway Bunker Blog. All right, well that'll uh, that'll pretty much wrap it up. So uh, from all of us over here at the Nerdcast. Um, We will see you in the next one, and may the force be with you.